0: Not bad, just tired. Why is baby tired? I just drove back in from Branson yesterday and just kind of back in
1: town. Ah. Also, I don't know if you knew I was on, but before you called Wayne, baby.
2: (laughs) uh... (laughs) (laughs) Were you horrified?
1: Paul, who's editing today? Are are you just rubbing it in? I'm
2: just confirming that it's you. Yes.
1: (laughs) <laughs> it's like hey paul this special extra-length episode who's editing this one? all right
2: paul are you recording uh, huh? it's kind of important that you be recording since uh you I are mr. mr editor okay.
1: <laughs> 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 if he was the uh, editor that would be the bumper <laughs> <laughs>
2: tim and wayne i'm aaron this is paul this is wayne and this is tim and it is what our 10th our 11th annual
1: 10th i think funny book
2: yeah i think it's our tenth. I, I think it is our 10th because this is our 11th year we're coming into our 11th year so 10th makes sense yeah math Oof. um wow 10 big years of uh of giving out awards that nobody in the industry notices <laughs>
1: Hey, we told someone once, and they were like, oh, thank you for this useless award. (laughs) But yeah, so, you know, we we have certainly changed over the 10 years. Uh, You know, when we first started, it was both our, we we had our our favorites and our least favorites, and then we decided, hey, you know, that's a little shitty. Um, (laughs) So, you know, we we certainly talk about things that we don't love, but
2: particularly it wasn't so much like this is the comic book we couldn't stand it was like this is the writer <laughs> that uh we wish someone would set on fire
1: yeah you and know? i think Matt fraction it, broke it really us. No. <laughs> i think fraction was the one that broke us because he was our favorite writer one year and then the next year he was our least favorite writer yeah and i feel yeah. like we felt kind of bad about that so yeah, i not gonna
0: at. lie. I miss being shitty.
1: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I tell you what, and and I think this, I think we we're probably gonna get into this at some point on the show. Uh, as I as I sat back and looked at the year that was 2019 in comics, I found a lot more that I disliked than that I liked.
1: Yeah, and we're gonna talk about this certainly in individual categories because on in yeah, I mean a little bit of spoiler warning. I think my favorite ongoing series just won by default because I realized I don't really read any ongoing series on an ongoing basis anymore. Like I hop in and then it pisses me off and I hop out. (laughs) And, um, And that was no more true than in 2019.
0: Yeah. I have never had a harder time doing favorite ongoing and favorite new series out of all of the 10 years we've done this. This was the hardest year of doing those two. Yeah. So
3: so the thing that I, I noticed when when I was doing this list is that as, as comics have gotten more expensive, my budget has stayed relatively for 10 years. So when I think <laughs> of, like, the volume of comics I used to get when it was, like, Blackest Night or the New 52, there was a lot more for me to read and a lot more for me to judge stuff on. And just lately it's been, you know, $6 comics, $5 comics. I'm yeah. getting less and less
1: yeah no i yeah. hear you because you, you make a point with blackest night came out which you know we referenced blackest night because that was our first real big event that we talked about on the podcast and maybe sinestro war was there too um but you know the the event books were three ninety nine, and yeah. you know um and that was double price because most comics were a, a stay you know what was it stay in the line at two, $1.99 or some shit like that um yeah yeah, yeah. I thought it would hold the line at two ninety nine. Yeah, but you know, back then, you and know, now they're holding
2: around. the line at five ninety nine. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Now the average comic, you know, the the cheapest comic out there is three ninety nine, and you know that's not including I think some of those kid comics. I don't know the, how much they are, but you know, the average comic we read is three ninety nine. So yeah, I mean, double the price over the course of ten years, and you know, this is old guy talk, but um, it certainly has influenced our purchasing throughout the year and certainly has an influence on this list. As you'll see, um, you know, we, 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 we go over our, a a number of different categories. If this is your first time listening, we, you know, we start with our favorite supporting character leading up to our favorite ongoing series with a a bunch of categories in between. Do you, do you just want to hop right in? Do we need to have any more preamble? Darren, do you want to sing a song? Billy Crystal style? (laughs) <laughs> I'll pass, thank you.
2: <laughs> so yeah, so our, our first, first category is uh, you know favorite supporting character in a comic book, and uh, I'm going to kick it off with Wayne. Wayne, who is who are you nominating as our favorite supporting
0: character? Well, from a book that none of you are reading, Amazing uh, Spider-Man. This has been the year of Mary Jane for Amazing Spider-Man, bringing her back. Having her be such a big part of the book, giving her her own title even after uh, you know about halfway through the year, uh, for me, definitely Mary Jane this year.
2: So, uh, was there any particular standout moment uh, with with Mary Jane that you uh, that you'd want to call out to? Yeah, besides
0: just the being there and supporting him aspect, uh, there was one book where she takes out female electro by herself. Ah uh, dresses up as the invisible woman, and uh, you know basically tricks her into thinking that she's another actress for a moment and just nails her with, you know, I can't remember what she hits her in the back of the head with, but you know, just showing that she's not just there supporting him, but she's even able to
2: stand up and save other people while having no powers at all. You know, I'm not reading uh, the Spider-Man books, but I'll say, you know, when Mary Jane was in the Iron Man books, and I don't know if she still is, but they really did a lot with her character to bring her forward as uh, more than just a background character. That, that Kind of like the, the, the Pepper Potts treatment that, that uh, was provided, she very much grew into almost a Lois Lane sort of character that could hold her own book.
0: Yeah, I mean, she's, book, she's not
2: over there anymore, but she was really good in that Iron Man book. She really was. She really was. So, Paul, who's your uh, nomination for uh, Best su-
1: uh, Supporting Character? Well, I'm hoping our our favorite character is the same. We'll see, Aaron. Um, my favorite supporting character for 2019 is Jaro. Um, Holy shit, Paul. What?
2: Holy shit. That is exactly who my favorite supporting character
1: is. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I I, we could probably talk about them together. Um, You know, Jaro is hands down. uh, No, don't get me wrong. I actually, my first choices were like Jimmy Olsen or Lois Lane. uh, Because Lois Lane, you know, to Wayne's point about Mary Jane, um, really had a great year. Especially with the Greg Rucka written series and Jimmy Olsen with the Matt Fraction series. I'm sorry? I, I, I eliminated Lois and Jimmy for the sheer
2: reason that they're both starring in their own books.
1: Yeah um i was like okay now they're lead characters <laughs> um right. but Jaro so can can i be that guy first and ask who is Jaro? <laughs> yeah so jarro is basically um baby starro um so in at the end of the justice league no justice storyline you know that starro sacrificed himself and um basically was reborn with no memory as jarro a ba- you know like a a hand-sized starfish, basically, with but like a brilliant hand-sized starfish, but with no memory. So it's like like the baby Yoda of Starro, um, but and, before
2: Baby Yoda came along, yeah.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> he he basically took a liking to Batman, and has just and
2: vice versa. Yeah, Batman vice versa. took a liking to him.
1: Yeah. So he you know he he basically has has fashioned himself as the new Robin, um, but he refers to Batman as dad, and they they just have this very fun relationship with each other and Jaro is just like he's the standout character of the justice league book um like every very time very he's on panel comic. he's hilarious it's... yeah he's very much the comic relief in the justice league book yeah yeah uh,
0: for the record if this was uh star wars with Aaron and polly baby yoda would be the
1: winner oh yeah well clearly <laughs> <laughs> the baby yoda show um but yeah so for me it's Jaro.
2: Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. And for all those reasons, in fact, you know, um, Jaro has been positioned so much as Batman's sidekick in the pages of Justice League. that There is even a reminiscent uh, uh, image, you know, playing on the image where um, Batman hugs Damien. You know, that that we all that, you know, yeah. I said needed to be a Father's Day card. Yeah. And there is a similar image of Batman hugging Jaro. And I just fucking love Jaro. He is so good. And I, I you know, very much a hero. In fact, I'm like, can we get a Jaro comic? Because uh I fear that when Scott Snyder leaves Justice League, we're not going to see Jaro anymore.
1: Yeah. I feel I like we're going to see the end of Jaro in the upcoming, in the next issue of Justice League, because yeah. it's Scott Snyder's yeah. last, unless he's bringing yeah. him over to his new uh, crossover, which is very possible. I, I love Jaro. Me we too. need more Jaro. I need all the Jaro all the time. So, so. so Tim, Dang. I just want you to know that if you don't vote for Mary Jane, then Jaro's winning this fucking category.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, sounds like we're going to have a star Yes. <laughs> 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 I'm voting for the goddesses of thunder.
1: Oh, that's a good they, one.
3: Oh. They are, uh, out of the King Thor book by Jason Aaron, which is the, uh, spiritual continuation of the Thor stories he's told, um, prior to Jane Foster, um, getting the hammer uh, a few years ago. And, uh, the reason, the reason I bring them up is they're just, they're so badass. <laughs> they're, they're perfect for that book. Um, uh, they they've they've come in and they reignited basically the old man's uh, uh, flame as far as uh, fighting for a universe that was dying and forgetting him and it was uh, just just like those those old those old tales that Aaron and I talked about where it's like you can just hear the heavy metal soundtrack as things are happening. Mm-hmm. I, I I've lo- I've loved every every bit of them. Um, in I, those books,
2: I really enjoy those characters and I really want to see them in their own book in something a little bit more contemporary, not the far future where everything's dead. It would be nice to see
3: that. And it would yeah. have been nice to see a, a little bit more of what we thought we were going to see in King Thor, which was the three Thors again, too.
1: But, right. Yeah.
3: Um, it, it's, it seems like they're going away from that, but it's okay because it's one of those things where it's like you, a, a second season of something that you never thought would get a second season so yeah i, I was happy to see them again and
2: so, uh so i'm gonna deviate from our award discussion real quick this week uh thor number one came out uh by Donnie cates tim did you read it
3: i have not read that one
2: yet. are you going to did you pick it up
3: i am going to i'm going to give it a try
2: i am just going to tell you I loved that book from beginning to end and I really feel like it's in your wheelhouse. So, uh, let's put a pin in that discussion and let's talk about it next week. Sounds good. So winning the category Jaro. Yes. Supporting character.
1: Love it. Now the next category, I I don't, I, I am going in feeling like we may not have a clear cut winner. Uh, and we we do struggle we've actually struggled a little bit about this in in the last few years which is our favorite villain um and our favorite villain it, 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 we've we've struggled with this category over the past few years because so much of comics nowadays is not having clear-cut villains and and you know heroes fighting heroes and, and that kind of thing i think marvel comics won one year <laughs> as our favorite <laughs> villain um so it and really should win again this year, considering what they've done to the comic market over 2019. But um, I'm, I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say. So uh, Aaron, why don't you kick us off with your favorite villain?
2: Um, My favorite villain is uh, typically regarded as a hero, uh, often regarded as a supporting character. Uh, but emerged this year as uh, a main character. In fact, a character whose uh, plot has uh, really sort of rewritten history uh, throughout 2019. And that is Moira McTaggart from the pages of House of X and Powers of X. We discovered that Moira McTaggart is a terrible, terrible human being. Um and you know, in, in the revelation that she has secretly been mutant all these years, and that her experiences are relived, so that she can continue to craft a a perfect future or her perfect future, uh, to you know the uh, the the loss of any non-mutant, uh, she's terrible. She's a terrible human being, and uh, she is you know becoming more and more effective at trying to engineer the future that she wants for mutant kind and humans be damned. So uh, there you go. Moira McTaggart is my villain for 2019. So Aaron, for a
0: moment there, I thought we were going to have the same one because uh, your description in the beginning sounded a lot like mine. Okay. So mine also is one that uh, is sometimes regarded as a hero, but uh, is also regarded as a villain more, frequently as well uh, one where the story arc of the character this year has rewritten marvel history and that's namor from invaders mm. that's uh, a good i one. i really enjoyed invaders and namor as you can as they dug into the history of why he was the way he was why he's a hero sometimes why he's a villain how it's all charles xavier's fault that was such an incredible arc that uh, you know normally i look for a villain that's been in multiple books more than just one series but that was such a good series around you know namor as the villain that it it definitely gets my vote for this year
1: that's a good one if i wasn't six issues behind on invaders (laughs) I, i might have the same choice um i've bought every issue i just haven't read it so tim how about you
3: uh, Jonathan Hickman should be my my uh, favorite villain for stealing twenty dollars of my money, trying to read this X-Men. Books. <laughs>
0: oh, if I thought about doing authors, it would have easily been Bendis.
3: <laughs> um, but that said, I, I'm gonna pick a character who ruined, who who uh, impacted two universes, and the reason he did so was because he couldn't see past one certain point in time, despite the fact that he didn't see all of time, and that's Doctor Manhattan. He, the, the the damage that he did because of his curiosity is is such a an overstep of of a, of a of a character arc. Um, you you think back to all of the things they were laying since since the New Fifty Two as to this this uh, this universe, this Watchmen universe coming to DC, and we. We find out his reasoning and logic Is because he's curious about Superman He, It's like It's like somebody stepping on an anthill And not, not understanding the impact Of what's happening to, to Everything around him um, You know I, I, I struggle with this category as well um, Just because uh, Honestly it it's 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 one of those things where it's like it, when you redeem yourself at the end of the arc can you really be the best the, the favorite villain but i I think in this case just because of the uh, of the scope of what what he did
1: i I had to pick dr manhattan this year well actually I'm gonna go ahead and mirror your choice i actually struggled a bit with this category I was like huh, how about the batman who laughs or how about carnage um but then I really but there's so one note there's nothing really beyond Hey, I'm evil for the sake of being evil. Yeah. No. Um, and then I thought about, well, what about King Arthur in Once in Future? But there's not enough meat yeah, on that people, bone, yeah, yeah. To, to really choose. So, but I I actually agree with everything you just said about Doctor Manhattan, and I feel he's my favorite villain because of his redemption and because he has a character arc, um, you know. And and even though he is portrayed very differently in the context of the Watchmen tv series which we're going to talk about later on spoilers um in the in the pages of doomsday clock yeah i i you know he he very much was the villain he's very much the driving force of that universe and so yeah i agree dr manhattan for sure as my favorite villain I,
2: I considered dr manhattan and the reason why i didn't go with him is he, he wasn't on the page enough i now i understand his actions were influencing Uh, so much of what happened in Doomsday Clock. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you you kind of felt his presence, even though he wasn't there. But I just don't feel like I got to see enough of him for him to be my favorite villain. And, you know, if you're thinking about it, 2019 really is the year for Dr. Manhattan, given what happened in Doomsday Clock, given uh, the TV series Watchmen. But uh, that was why I didn't select him and why I did select Moira McTaggart, because she was very much face forward from issue one of powers of x and house of x yeah no, i think dr manhattan's
0: a great choice i usually see why you guys picked him uh, i struggled with giving anything to doomsday clock strictly because it was a mini series that took three years to come out
1: yeah you know, that was
0: supposed I... to be a
1: monthly series yeah and i hear you but honestly doomsday clock is very evident in, in some of my choices today and i think about you know even though it took two years to came to come out Or two or almost three years to come out i would say a good five six issues came out in 2019 so enough of the story came out that i felt it was enough to to warrant it and the fact that the ending came out in 2019. now i mean if we had most annoyingly delayed book as a category that would certainly be there um but i I guess i'll go ahead and start the next category even so dr manhattan with with two votes is our favorite villain um but this kind of leads to the next category, which is favorite hero. And for me, uh, so I, I, I'm going to go ahead and start it. Uh, I chose Superman and I chose Superman, despite the fact that I really have discovered that I dislike the Bendis books and I'm out of both of them. All three of them. If you include Legion, Uh, even though I told you action comics was really good this week, you didn't pick it up. I didn't pick it up. How dare you? You know, I, 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 i still might but i I just i am not as much as you know i I was all into leviathan until leviathan rising sucked at the end
2: well and i gotta tell you in the context of favorite villain everything that dc put into it leviathan should have been our our favorite villain
1: this year yeah but
2: but the big big reveal on uh on on leviathan and what's the guy's name martin shaw something shaw The guy who makes the big turn that I'm like, who the fuck's that? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I mean,
1: way at the bottom of my list. But I chose Superman because Superman had some genuinely iconic moments in every single Superman book, not written by Brian Michael Bendis. Cause you had Tom King's Superman up in the sky, which was a Mm -hmm. fantastic piece of Superman fiction. You had doomsday clock with Jeff Johns that had some, wonderful Superman moments and you had Scott Snyder's Justice League especially the moment where Superman is defeated and in the you know the the vast emptiness of space by himself and he he finds that guiding light to push through with no yellow star to power him no yellow star to power him and still escapes um escapes that universe it is i mean that it was my probably my favorite superman moment of the year in a moment in a year of good superman moments yeah i'll add one more i'll add one more book to that deceased that's what i was gonna say
0: yep yeah superman is my vote as well paul and uh, what cemented it is exactly what you're describing this was a year of character defining stories for him the up in the sky was all about you know basically explaining who is this character and uh deceased had a lot of that who is this character in a post-apocalyptic world Mm -hmm. and then it all built up to doomsday clock as that last issue just was a superman love letter yeah that, Yeah, uh, that pushed me over the edge for
2: superman and i'll pile on here superman is my selection as well though i did I did juggle with it because I, I while I uh, chose Jaro for my favorite supporting character, I was also thinking about him for my favorite hero because he has a nice sacrifice uh, in oh, the yeah. pages of Justice League that genuinely hurts him. Uh, that was very moving. I mean, I thought I thought it was a great bit of drama for a character that's really designed for uh, for comic relief. I, there there is a certain element of Booster Gold about jaro that i'm just really responding to uh but no for all the reasons you guys stated superman is my hero for for
3: 2019 tim how about you it is unconscionable to me that you guys voted for superman when none of you can stand any any series that's being written that superman's the lead on
2: action comics was pretty good this week
3: (laughs) after how many weeks of being terrible well to be fair action comics
1: hasn't been horrible But it hasn't been great either.
3: (laughs) Uh, I think back, I think it was last year when I voted for Superman as my favorite character. And I'm like, it's because of his family. It's because of the Clark Kent moments. And it's like everything you guys mentioned have been Superman moments. And to me, that's the least interesting typically. But, you know, what's Um, funny
2: is that Superman has the best moments of Superman this year have been in books that are not his. I think of that, that issue of Batman where they double date. Uh, with uh, Selena Kyle and Lois oh, yeah. Lane, yeah, and that's a terrific book, and it's those, it's exactly what you're talking about, Tim. It's those character moments. Uh, I, I just I, I I fucking love Superman, and there are terrific books out there this year that are not action comics or Superman.
3: Well, I have to take your word for it because it sounded a lot like muscle memory to me, but uh, (laughs) uh, I I voted for somebody. It doesn't really matter, but uh, I voted for Ash the Dictator from uh, Karen Gillen's Die Book. Um, The reason Uh I voted for Ash Ash was because um, this character is a character that is a tragic leader. It's someone that doesn't want to lead. It's someone that is, is put in a position that is... It's basically a horror situation where you're you're taken away from your home and you have to learn and adapt. And um, you found you find out Ash's power is basically uh, persuasion. And um, yeah, the, the, the voice. The voice. And the thing that sealed it for me is she's got a, a companion who's called a grief knight, which basically means is that he gets more powerful the sadder he is. And so there's multiple times where she says the worst thing in the world to this to this character and it's just literally to get them through the get him through the fight to get to get on to the next thing. And just the guilt that this that you get from this character throughout this run is it's pretty touching. So that's why I voted for 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 Ash.
1: All right. That's a dark horse. Um I I have I've only read the first issue of that title but I know you guys like it. And The Power of Persuasion. I mean Aaron, that 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 guy seems like he should be your hero.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he said Ash and I kept thinking Anthony Stewart Head, so No, oh, I, I don't know that any of us thought
1: that. <laughs> 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 I was no, thinking so- Bruce Campbell.
2: <laughs> we are we we selected our favorite villain and our favorite hero, which leads us now to favorite TV show based on a comic book timmy what you got
3: you know uh i was filling out this list and it, i think it's just a, a function of not having network tv so i don't watch any of the cw even though i've I've heard not great things about it yeah and,
1: yeah, and you're not missing much
3: and and you know the marvel stuff that was on netflix just stopped you know it, it stopped last year so i i honestly i don't have one here um i haven't watched anything this year tv show based that's superhero related um that that's 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 worth a nomination at this point
1: no that's fair you know um if it uh, there's a lot on the streaming services but like you said as far as new content on the streaming services this year yeah it's kind of i see your point how about you wayne
0: so I have a feeling I know what both of you are going to go yeah. for, but for me, it, but I haven't watched it because I don't have that streaming service. That's one of the frustrating things about streaming services are there's just so freaking many of them. And it's a, yeah, a case of which ones do you subscribe to? So mine is from a streaming service from Netflix, the Umbrella Academy. It's uh, a good choice. I really enjoyed that. It just the series blew me away. The music was incredible. The special effects were great. The story was good. The supporting characters were good. I didn't have a complaint about a single actor. And there's a monkey. You know,
1: (laughs) I I totally forgot about that show. And as a fan of the comic series, you'd think I would have seen it by now. But I actually still haven't seen that show or the boys. Uh,
2: It's really it's really good. It's really good. I I can't recommend The Boys. I've watched the first couple of episodes, and it just didn't grab me. But Umbrella Academy is is really a terrific show. Uh, Strong choice point.
1: So, Aaron, is your choice what I think it is? (laughs) I don't know, Paul. I'm a mind reader.
2: But I think I know what your choice is.
1: Yeah. I mean, my choice is, is very obvious based on the conversations we've had on this show. Um, not, just as a, not just as a comic book TV show, but as a TV show. For me, Watchmen stole the year.
2: I, you know, and I understand that choice, Paul. Uh, I, you and I have had the conversation that uh, I think that Watchmen is nine hours of perfect television.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That uh, the writing is tight uh things make sense you know uh, my concern when damon Lindelof uh was announced to be heading up that show was that oh my god it's going to be another lost and it is not uh you know the it the, the 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 series has a true beginning middle and end issues are resolved certainly there are things that are left open for a season two if they decide to do that but uh, watchman is a really strong choice it's not my choice oh snap but it's a but it is a super strong choice. And, you know, I had, I balanced, there were three shows that I balanced this year that I was like, which one is, is my favorite. And, you know, I, I truly enjoyed umbrella Academy. Uh, You know, it it had the benefit of me never having read an issue of umbrella Academy. So everything that occurs in that show is a surprise to me. Um, And I loved it from beginning to middle, middle to end. I just super enjoyed that. Um, and again, Watchmen, perfect television show, uh, which which would suggest that maybe that should be my choice. However, there is a show I watched this year that put a smile on my face every time I turned it on. Uh, a smile because it was cool, smile because it was weird, smile because it was some stuff I've never seen on television before. And while I very much enjoyed Watchmen and was very impressed by the storytelling talent that was brought to bear. Um, The show that really put a smile on my face every time I watched it, every single episode was Doom Patrol. Uh, I I, freaking love Doom Patrol and am
1: wildly eager for season two. I was wondering where you were going with this. I'm like, but I totally forgot about Doom Patrol. (laughs) Now, that being said, I'm so behind on Doom Patrol. Um, You haven't finished it. I have not finished it. I'm only about halfway through. And I love it. But it's one of those things that DC Universe has an app... Like, I'm still four episodes behind on Titans. <laughs> um, but hey, because those fuckers didn't tell me they were going to renew my subscription before they actually did it, um, <laughs> I have another year of DC Universe. So I'll get caught up. Hey football.
0: <laughs> it's interesting that out of the three shows mentioned... There isn't a single one that all three
1: of us have seen. Yeah, that's a fair point. I've seen most, I've seen a good half of Doom Patrol. And I I will, while I I can't say it was my favorite show because of Watchmen, Doom Patrol is just brilliant TV. It's joyous. Yeah. There is something joyous,
2: even though it's about these horribly broken people, there is something joyous about the way that story is told. And, yeah, and
3: for it, the people at home, th- that's three different streaming services. Yeah, that's, true. Yeah, that's, that's true. why. That's and why everybody's all over the place. I think
0: it really is because Doom Patrol is one I want to watch, but I haven't because I don't have a streaming service for it. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, I will say, if it wasn't so, if it didn't end so unceremoniously, Swamp Thing was a damn good show. Mm. Um, genuinely, uh, I think it's it ended up being eight or nine episodes. Um, now, don't get me wrong; it's not. I it's still. Wouldn't have been my favorite of the year, but I'd probably put it in the top three. Like, it was really, really well done, well acted, um, nice and creepy. It's just a shame that it just kind of got cut off, basically, as soon as it started.
0: Yeah, I think last year my vote was Sabrina, and with season two, I just couldn't go Sabrina
1: again. I haven't even seen season two.
2: I haven't even seen season two either. I know it's out there, but I just haven't been in the mood for it.
1: Yeah, it just hasn't felt like must-watch TV to me.
2: Yeah. So no clear winner on uh favorite TV show, but I, you know, <laughs> I think.
1: Except streaming services. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, I, I think what that tells you is that there's a lot out there to see if you've got a lot of streaming services. Um, that brings us to favorite movie based on a comic. And I'll kick this one off. Um, I don't know how anybody could make a case for anything other than Avengers Endgame, game, but I'm sure at least one of you will, but you know, Avengers Endgame game 10 years of movie making. And I really think it stuck the landing. That's something that we uh, talked about earlier this year. That's really hard for uh, big comic book events to do. And uh, while Marvel is wildly unsuccessful, most of the time in their comic book events, they really succeeded here in capping off this era of the Marvel cinematic universe. And, uh, um, Avengers Endgame is my choice for that reason. Yeah. No if one, anyone? Go ahead.
3: Oh, I was gonna say what Aaron was really saying is, and one of you jackasses is gonna say something else, <laughs> but it isn't gonna be this jackass because I exactly right. How do you cap off a ten-year run with with a per with with a very very solid landing like that? A, a great a, a great movie in and of itself, and it, you just have to stand up and applaud.
0: You know, it really takes something off the wall to compete with it. And this year, the only thing we had for that was Joker. But as much as I love Joker, it just can't stand up to finishing off, you know, this many years of a storyline, hitting the landing and just being that enjoyable. You know, I went with Avengers as well. And the only other movie I even considered was Joker. Well, so
1: Joker was never an option for me, (laughs) Um, and I got to say, there there, as far as theatrical releases this year, there was no other option for me. Um, Shazam, no. Um, There were uh, what else? Joker, no. Captain Uh, Marvel, no. Spider-Man: Far From Home, no. Um, Like none of them were even close. Uh, Now that being said, the closest one, and, and just spoilers, I went with Avengers: Endgame as well, but I had a second choice. Um, and it was a non theatrical release, but something that you know, because what I find with Avengers Endgame is that it, on repeat viewings, I enjoy it less and less. So if I stop watching it, it will forever live as a good film in my mind. Um, but one thing that that has held up on repeat viewings that to Aaron's point about uh Doom Patrol had a smile on his face the entire time was Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I absolutely adored that animated movie and it it is just fun it is something that i that wasn't expected the character designs are great the characters are all told in a in a wonderful manner um in in the perfect manner and i just genuinely enjoyed it now that being said it's an hour cartoon versus a three-hour movie (laughs) um so avengers endgame as a movie certainly um you know, certainly well, wins don't... the category. But if someone were to ask me, hey, do you want to watch either one of those today? Pretty much 100% of the time, I'm going to choose the Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I enjoyed it, but it's not one that I've
0: rewatched, and I like the comic version better. Well,
1: yeah. Uh,
3: Aaron, Aaron, if he picked Batman versus Ninja Turtles, is that a fireable offense? I didn't pick uh, it. Oh, yes. I
1: just said it was a good. I just said it was a, a backup option. <laughs>
3: it certainly
2: caused to write him up. I mean, I, I think and and develop a corrective action plan.
1: Well, you know, since so, so, so we we have a clear cut winner with Avengers Endgame, a, a, a four out of four, the first awesome. one of the show. Um, now, obviously, this next category is pretty much we, we only keep it on here to piss him off. Uh, and and because we never have like one unifying choice ever ever i don't know that we ever have in 10 years of doing this which is our favorite cover of the year and um wayne since you pasted yours in the chat room first and so if you want to see these covers uh go to iomgeek.com and check out the show notes they will be uh showcased there uh so that you can see them but wayne you want to kick us off yep So I had like three
0: that I was looking at trying to decide between and why I went with Invaders number nine is because when I look at this cover, it's not that the art itself is that incredible, though I would love to have a poster of this. It's when I look at the cover, it tells a story to me and the cover is Namor coming out of the water with fire behind him. And I just look at that and it evokes emotion for me. You know, it's a, that looks,
2: this shit is about to get real when I look at that cover. It's a strong cover and yeah. for a strong book. I mean, uh, the first six issues of Invaders uh, are just terrific.
1: Have you not read the second six issues? I have. Oh, I haven't. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I finished
2: um, I finished it over the Christmas break. Can I ask this question? Yeah. yeah. Did Invaders number one come out in 2019? Yeah, the entire series
0: was out in 2019. Okay. Parents
3: making a note for later. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all 12 issues came out in 2019 because okay. one month had like two or three issues out.
1: Yeah, it came out in January.
0: Yeah, exactly. a 12-issue series came out all in one year. Who knew? That's, That's a thing. That's crazy. I'm looking at you,
1: Doomsday Clock. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'll go next. So, and... Paul? Yeah. So my choice is Batman Universe number three. Um, And, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about this artist later. Uh, Nick Darrington uh, just did some wonderful work in Batman Universe, regardless of how you feel about the the Bendis writing. uh, Nick Darrington, that guy is a superstar and should be put on something huge from DC Comics soon. Um, You know, from going from the Mr. Miracle covers, including that iconic... Uh, i think it was one of our choices last year mr miracle cover with dark side uh kind of a negative space dark side uh yep. to now the the art he did on batman universe the reason i chose batman universe number three specifically is because it's batman running atop a stegosaurus uh, surrounded by dinosaurs and it's just fucking gorgeous so uh I, 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 it, 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 I there were a number of good covers this year but i chose that one i gotta tell you nick Darrington's enough to make me buy a book Mm-hmm, absolutely you know
2: i mean all i gotta hear is nick Darrington. i'm like fuck i'm there because i love his artwork
1: and i believe he actually did doom patrol for um whatever that gerard way imprint that for young animals or whatever young it was. animals yeah i think i think he was the artist on that doom patrol book i could be wrong there but i know he at least did the covers i really enjoy his artwork
0: <laughs> I, had I
1: still a... just can't believe these
0: walmart books were that good yeah. at yeah. least the superman and batman ones yeah. were
1: there others. Uh, yeah. There's yes, wonder I'm, woman I, Titans. I'm
0: reading the team. Yeah. I'm reading the Titans
2: one and it's really good too. Hmm. <laughs>
1: hmm. <laughs> uh,
2: so I, I was looking at four different covers, uh, two of them by the same artist. Uh, Asad Ribic did a beautiful cover for Fantastic Four number 7, which has, you know, Galactus and Mr. Fantastic and Dr. Doom. I mean, it just seems like a quintessential Fantastic Four cover. Um, Asad Ribic also did uh, the Conan the Barbarian covers and in particular his cover for issue one is just spectacular and gorgeous and really captures that uh pulpy sensibility uh to uh you know hyperborean adventure in the in the in the pages of conan. Uh love that cover. Um and then I also looked at uh real hard at the Josh Middleton cover to Deceased, number five, where uh Wonder Woman is standing off against just a glimpse of Superman. All you see is Superman's zombie hand and a hint of his cape. And uh, it is it just is a very dramatic uh, uh, kind of cover. But the one that really got me, the cover that I enjoyed so much this year was uh, the cover by uh, Lee Weeks. That's not right. Um, God, who did the cover? Hold on just one second. I've got that. It is... Uh, I, uh, oh yeah, it's Leah Weeks and Brad Anderson did the cover for, uh, dark multiverse death of Superman number one with, uh, Lois Lane in the super super in the dark Superman costume standing over the body of Kal-El. Uh, it is just a fantastic cover and scratches me right into that, you know, 1990s death of Superman itch. Um, Yeah, so it really, you know, tipped its hat to nostalgia for me and, and, uh, did so successfully. So Aaron, since you mentioned Isak Ribbik and, uh,
0: Fantastic Four covers, I do want to give an honorable mention to my runner up was Fantastic Four number six's cover by Isak Ribbik. Yeah. Which is just Doom's
1: face. That was one of my choices too. It's a good cover. It's a good cover as well. Yeah. That's definitely worth an
0: honorable mention.
3: Under protest, I I picked a cover, um. And that was Doomsday Clock number 12.
1: It was a good cover. Uh, uh,
3: that was done by Gary Frank and Brad Anderson. But uh, the, re- the reason I picked this one was it's, it's kind of two covers in one. So you've got the front cover, which is the the Superman logo with the blood on it. That's very invocative of the comedian pin from oh. the original Watchmen book. And then on the back cover, you've got the uh, the blood kind of covering the doomsday clock that we thought it was for so long I think Wayne called this out when we, we talked about this uh, about a month ago but in the in the upper right corner on the back cover by Amy Brockway Medcalf they've got the Superman logo so the, like the whole time we thought that it was uh, blood that was on this clock and really it was the Superman uh, cape basically yeah. uh, covering the clock. So uh, that was my choice for
1: cover of the year. It's a good choice. And like we said, there was never going to be a clear-cut winner on that one. But Tim, that's a good choice. Yeah. Absolutely. It sounds like had we all voted for our second option, at least Fantastic Four would have won.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> By Assad Ribbick.
1: Yeah. Yep. Assad Ribbick would have won, and Fantastic Four would have won. Um, you know, you just never can go wrong with an Assad Ribbick cover. I mean, come on. Or interior art, honestly. The dude's yeah. just gorgeous. Yeah, he does some gorgeous yeah. art. Well, here's one of my favorite categories every year. The holy shit moment of the year. Uh, And I I think I know a couple of you are going to choose the same one. So I'm going to go ahead. Aaron, why don't you kick us off?
2: Okay. Uh, My holy shit moment of the year came from uh, the pages of House of X. And the threesome, the sexual romantic threesome, uh, formed by Wolverine, Jean Grey, and Cyclops. That's my holy ship moment of the year. <laughs> the fact that it that it was that it wasn't just hinted at uh, in uh, in the the pages of the story, but also in the uh, side matter provided by Jonathan Hickman, showing that their three bedrooms connect. That you, that there is a, a private entry door for Wolverine into Gene's quarters and a private entry door to Cyclops into Gene's quarters.
0: Is it really a threesome or are they just running a train?
2: I, I think it's a devil's <laughs> triangle. That's what I think.
1: <laughs> it's the Eiffel Tower. That's what it is.
2: <laughs>
0: well, that, that's a different
1: choice than I thought. Aaron, I I actually thought you were going to go with something else, but I I think I have an idea. I'm I'm just going to keep guessing until someone actually chooses it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Wayne, what did you choose? I I think I'm
0: going to choose what you think, Paul, because I went with Fantastic Four 2099 because it was the only time during the course of this year that I actually verbally said out loud, holy shit, when I turned the page. And uh, spoilers, it was Herbie killing all the characters in the book that we had been reading up to that point, that uh, they showed up in Alpha, they showed up in this book. We go all the way through and the, you know sweet, fun-loving Herbie that's trying to put the family together gets upset and murders all of the characters that we thought the book was about. I literally said, "Holy
1: shit!" when I read it. I was torn between that one and oddly enough, a scene from House of X, um, which was the 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 death of the X Men when they they are storming that space base. Uh, to, to, they sacrifice all of the classic X Men sacrifice themselves um, to take out that that base in space. You know, including Wolverine, and I, that was just a. An amazing issue of comics, um, but it was kind of undone a little bit. I shouldn't say a little bit, um, a, a lot a bit a lot of it by you know the <laughs> revelation that basically all the X Men are clones at this point. Um, none of them are in their original bodies, and so that 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 that's a a, a twist that while imaginative, I don't I didn't love. Um, so I actually agree with Wayne. Uh, the end of Fantastic Four twenty ninety nine was a moment that was both t- caught me off guard and, 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 you know, just left me speechless and um, it just heartbreaking end to that book. So I agree with Wayne oddly enough. Paul, I'm
3: so sad. Cause I thought you were going to agree with me. Uh um, My, my holy shit moment came in absolute carnage five. When carnage had finally completed his plan and basically put Eddie Brock in a no win situation. Either way, what was going to happen was something terrible. He was either going to lose his son, or he was going to—he was going to finish uh, Carnage's plan to uh, unleash the. Uh, well, let's just call him the the symbiote god. And uh, Eddie Brock said, "Well, f it," and stabbed Carnage and killed him. It was that was my jump up, and he went holy shit moment.
0: That was a good one. Yeah, that one didn't get a holy shit from me because. From the beginning of the book, my first thought was, you know, this design of Carnage, someone better slice him right through that little spine that he has. Yeah, but then someone did.
3: (laughs) (laughs) They didn't do it it until the very end. And it was
0: the... uh... It's like Chekhov's gut. It's it's uh,
1: Chekhov's spine. Yeah,
3: it's it was true, but yeah. it still made me jump up and say, "Holy shit!"
1: So. Yeah, that was a great moment. So we, we, we have a, a winner uh, just with two choices, two two votes. The end of Fantastic Four twenty ninety nine, and and then we also had the death of Carnage and 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 sexy Wolverine Jean Grey and Cyclops. <laughs>
2: Special sexy time with the mutants. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So the next category is our favorite limited series or original graphic novel. And really, we should just call it favorite limited series because Marvel and DC were both all in on the graphic novels for a while with the Earth One stuff and all that stuff. Um, And the year one. And the year one. And all that seems to have died off. Um, Yeah. I think it's because, you know, they were trying to tap into that, um, not direct market, but the book seller, you know, the, yeah. like the Barnes and Nobles and things like that. Yep. And those stores are struggling. So like, there's really nothing, you know, there's no investment well, for them to do it when they, they can think, charge more. I think they've really
2: shifted their focus to truly original graphic novels with brand new characters uh, focused towards the young, the uh, young readers audience
1: there. Yeah. Cause I think that that is an investment that, that is paying off for them. Um, well, and I it's, think...
2: it's the Harry Potter model, right? Cause they're selling those, a lot of that through scholastic books. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's how Harry Potter uh, made its mark was
1: selling to that to that crowd. And I think a lot of what was originally perceived as original graphic novels has now been turned into miniseries because it's more financially lucrative to charge sure. $8 an issue for three issues than $20 yep. for one book. Yep, um, yep. And, you know, so that's, I think, where we're getting with the, the DC Black Label and, and books like that. Um, so this year we had some, I, I will actually say this year, going back to my point about my struggle to find a favorite ongoing series there were some really good limited series this year mm-hmm. um i guess uh, i'll kick us off cuz I, I had two choices and that i was choosing between i was choosing between superman up in the sky um which you know we we've already mentioned a, a number of times here um in, uh, on this uh, episode and deceased and i will say even though the ending of superman up in the sky was better for me i had i I went with deceased because uh, except for the ending which wasn't bad it was just it just wasn't earned um it had a hopefulness that wasn't earned for me uh i thought deceased was just amazing every step of the way and had some heartbreaking moments that we will never see in 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 main continuity and just d- took risks and chances that I I don't know that we'll ever see again and I just loved the series and it was self-contained yes they're doing i think a sequel at some point but um other than one tie-in that was genuinely good um you know they they managed to do everything within the context of the limited series and so And it came me, out on time. And it came out on time and yeah. the art was good. And, uh, you know, we, we should have known that Tom Taylor wouldn't have given us a happy ending for Superman because that's not his jam. Um, it, but I, I love yeah, that.
2: That's that's not in his wheelhouse. No. Yeah.
1: So deceased was my choice.
2: Well, Paul, I'll pile on there with you. Uh, deceased was mine as well. You know, every time deceased came out, uh, it was the first book I read that week. Uh, I was I was I was thrilled to read deceased, not just because, you know, there, it was a. A horror comic with uh, our DC superheroes, but because the characters were so spot on, um, you know, I, I I thought Tom Taylor did a magnificent job voicing those characters and making me feel like th- those were their characters. I I disagree with one thing you said about the ending. Uh, I, I there we talked about it when we talked about deceased number six. Uh, There are some things about the ending that I genuinely didn't love that I think a minor tweak would have made it excellent and outstanding. But uh, overall, I think Deceased was was highly successful. Uh, I I enjoyed that it was mostly self-contained and uh, I I, big thumbs up for me. It's my uh, favorite limited series of 2019. Tim, let me
1: let me read you a
3: passage from my favorite limited series real quick here. It's reading with Aaron Paul. (laughs) Uh, When Thor was a young boy, it was said he was frightened by storms. They would cry frightfully in his crib whenever it thundered. And his Odin became enraged, so he put him outside, forbid anyone to give him shelter. Next morning, little Thor was found drenched to the bone without a tear in his eye. He never cried again at the sound of thunder. For in truth, what his foolish father had missed so completely was that Thor had never cried because of the storm. The storm was his crying. Thor's first spoke, words were spoken with thunder, and so would it be his last. My pick is King Thor by Jason Aaron with covers by Asad Ribic. It's a love letter to a character that I I, I gave up for, for dead, basically, four years ago. It was my favorite comic book character of my entire life and revitalized my belief that maybe I would get the Thor that I want to get.
2: Again, highly recommend Thor number one this yep. week. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I wish this was actually split into two categories Because if it was just limited series I would have gone with the same thing that you guys went with uh, Aaron and Paul But there was a original graphic novel this year that just hit me And I thought it was so powerful It was moving I've recommended it to people I've had uh, a couple people bought it for their kids to read from an historical standpoint and that was they called this enemy, by uh, uh, by George Takei. The story of him growing up in the Japanese internment camp during World War II in the U.S. It was just such a powerful story, and tells a part of history that isn't isn't frequently examined. You know, it's mentioned, but you don't actually get into what was it like living in those camps. And that was, it, as far as the original graphic novel goes, it was probably the most powerful one I've ever read.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I actually didn't read that, but I remember when it came out. So that's a good one. All right. So we have Deceased as the winner of limited series or original graphic novel. Now we're starting to get into the big categories starting with our favorite writer comic writer of 2019 um who started us last time why doesn't tim start us this time
3: um my favorite writer of 2019 um and you know typically when we pick these we have a writer that's done more than one title because um there's a lot of very talented people that when they focus on on one event one book Um, they write, they write things that are interesting to us and that we've enjoyed. And it, we found, I, I know that I found that it's, it's, it's those, those people that transcend multiple books that, uh, typically get, get a degree of difficulty, uh, kind of bonus multiplier, I would say. (laughs) Um, but this year I, I read so few books. It was hard for me to, to do that for any one person. um. And while I, I enjoy Jason Aaron's work, there's also some of the books that he's written, like specifically Avengers, that just didn't hit with me. So I, I picked the, the 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 book that I uh, I've, I that came out of left field, a uh, writer that I I've, I've loved his work in the past, and that was Karen Gillen. Uh, Kieran Gillen's work on Die has been basically other other than King Thor, my, fa- my favorite work in comics this year. So, so, Tim,
0: I'm not only going to second you, I'm going to expand that and say he is a writer that did multiple books. He did Die, he did Once in Future, and he did Star Wars Dr. Aphra all this year. Uh, and that was why I went with him, is because I could look at it and I look at the books that I really enjoy. And these may not be the big mainstream books, But the writing has been consistent on Once and Future, on Die, and Star Wars Dr. Aphra was just incredible. And he was – this was an easy pick for me this year of Kiernan Gillen because he hit it out of the park. And he hit it out of the park with two
2: creator-owned projects. You know, I was going to – I would have thought at the conclusion of A House of X and Powers of X – that i would be uh voting for jonathan hickman as my writer of the year but you know as they say one shit takes away all your attaboys
1: yeah <laughs>
2: and uh <laughs> x-men number uh two number two which revealed that uh you know charles xavier had been killed off in the pages of x-force i think um you know, the, the the arguably the book's main character was killed off in another book that I was not reading. Uh, and that was a decision that Jonathan Hickman made, um, you know, really uh, queered the deal for me this year. So Jonathan Hickman is not my choice. Um, I also looked really hard, a, a book that we, I think we only talked about the first issue on, on the podcast. But a, a three issue series that I absolutely adored was The Magic Order by Mark Miller. Um I love that sh- I-, I love that book apparently it's going to be a Netflix TV show so I'm excited about that um but the 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 writer that I have to give it to is someone whose work I've enjoyed for years and years his uh his I got to say groundbreaking uh you know wildly ambitious uh, ongoing series, or I, I guess it's actually a maxi series because he's got a, a, an end and side on it. Uh, uh, Uber is is a book I, I love by Kieran Gillen. But his uh, book this year, Once and Future, came completely out of left field, um, was not anything that I thought it was going to be. It is so much more. Uh, I love the characters in the book. I love the setting that he that he's that he has established, and the uh, rules for magic and lore. Uh, Kieran Gillen is a is a role playing gamer, uh, and that is very much evidenced in this book in the way he's sort of laying out uh, sort of the. Uh, the meta aspects of the book. And it's just, it's getting me right between the eyes. I I absolutely love once in future and it just demonstrates the absolute versatility that Kieran Gillen has as a storyteller. So Kieran Gillen is my choice.
1: All right. So Kieran Gillen is the winner. Clearly. Um, I I actually went with Scott Snyder this year. Um, You know, Scott Snyder in years past has been uneven for me, but I would say this year uh, was his most consistent year um, in both Justice League, which had some great story arcs this year, as well as the, um, the 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 last night on Earth, the Batman series, which I know most folks only read the first issue of, but actually is really good. Um, but not just that, but also his co-writing on The Undiscovered Country uh, with Charles Sewell. And I know that is only two issues in, but I'm very, I think it is... Uh, it, 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 a wonderful example of world building um and science fiction based on things that are you know that are possible um not all of it but you know like they 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 created a fantasy world based on realistic science and i thought that was really well done um so Charles, scott snyder was actually uh my, my choice for favorite writer this year
2: I yeah, I'm going to take issue with you on one thing you said there, Paul. I found that his Justice League work is
1: wildly uneven. See, uh, I found I can it re- was until this can, year. This year, I actually enjoyed the majority of it.
2: Yeah, and I, 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 I like it for I like it in one issue, and in the next issue, I just want to throw the book across the room. <laughs> and if it wasn't on my iPad Pro, I would do that.
3: <laughs> I mean, you could you could say that with just virtually any DC book this year.
1: I yeah, fair point. That
3: was like, oh, that's a good issue. Oh God, what is this? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Oh, fair point. Ste- uh, steaming pile. Well, for you know, with with it, comics are a visual medium, so with every you know writer, there should be a, a great artist that sells you on a book, whether it's the cover or the interiors. And so, our next category is favorite artist. And, um, I'll, I'll kick us off here because, you know, I, I had mentioned earlier that Jorge Jimenez, um, or I've mentioned, I've mentioned a couple times, that Jorge Justice League, Jimenez. uh, Justice League is, you know, a book that I've really enjoyed this year. Um, and Jorge Jimenez is a big piece of that. Uh, his art is, you know, is gorgeous. Um, and, you know, he does great two page spreads, but my actual choice, um, You know, is a guy who, like we said uh, just a couple minutes ago, is a guy I will pick a book up just because he's the artist on. And that's Nick Darrington. Uh, I I just he is so creative um, in his panel layouts and his storytelling. There's nothing that's confusing from panel to panel. I think he's a fantastic storyteller. And unlike other artists, he seems to be good at everything. He's good at technology Mm -hmm. he's good at animals he's good at dinosaurs and costumed heroes and old west and space and And, everything and and drawing
2: comedy yeah that's and i think that's a real challenge but he he's got terrific comic timing
1: yeah it's it's hard he but he, he has mastered all of it um and so for me it's nick durrington
2: Paul, you know, I, I uh, had a couple of artists I was looking at really hard. Uh, Olivia Copiel, who, I mean, you know, he's just a master. Yeah. Um, his work on Magic Order was uh, sublime. I, I, I really enjoyed his work there. And, of course, he's a terrific cover artist. Um, Pepe Larraz from House of X. Oh, yeah. uh, those, those pages were just drop-dead gorgeous. Um, and you know, one of the things that I marvel at is that Hickman and his artists on House of X and Powers of X got that book out on time. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, if you're just reading House of X and Powers of X, it's a terrific story. Um, I, I, I I very much enjoyed that. But to your point, Nick Darrington, fuck, he's the guy. <laughs> uh, I, I I I I am I am betrothed. Uh, I am avowed to Nick Darrington. He is, uh, he, he's, he's the guy this year. I don't, I'm not sure that I was really aware of Nick Darrington until 2019, but, uh, he, you know, through his work on the Batman book, uh, uh Batman universe and others. I just, I, have really been taken by him this year.
3: Nick Darrington sounds like a made up name. <laughs> <Von> <laughs> Badger. Darrington, Nick um, Darrington. There's, there's one artist that has, uh, harmonized with the 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 essence that is tim and that is isad ribbick isad mm-hmm. ribbick's work on king thor on conan on everything he does is just it's a just a, it's a chef's kiss for me every time yeah um i there's multiple times that i, I i've said i would love a piece of artwork from this person and I you know that's not something I, I I do I'm not someone that has a collection of people that have drawn uh, comic book characters with cigars, so uh, <laughs> for, you know for me to for me to be moved that way it's it's gotta it's gotta be great art and you know I I uh, I I respect uh, some of the some of the people that have been mentioned, but there's there's there isn't nothing like an Assad ribbit cover. For me.
0: Yeah, and uh, we're going to have a tie because I actually called an audible for myself earlier in the episode. My original choice was going to be Stefan Saik uh, because I really enjoyed the art in Harleen. But the more we talked about covers, the more I was uh, realizing I usually don't go with just a, with somebody just strictly for cover artist. But Esad Ribic, I think we all mentioned a cover by him. Mm-hmm. whether it was our choice or not, he's just consistently does amazing covers that pull you in. So I switched over to Esad Ribic earlier in the, in the recording. So we got a tie. Wow. Well, that,
3: that, that, that's, that's, that's yeah. very cool. We got Esad Ribic and some made up guy that Paul, Paul came up with the name for. Huh? Yeah.
1: It's, it's really me. I voted myself uh-huh. in.
0: That's right. I wish,
1: I wish I could draw that way. You, I wouldn't be on this podcast. That's fair. <laughs> No, I mean, I love you guys, but uh-huh. I'd be drawing that. Yeah, I'm feeling right. the love. I'm feeling <laughs> the love. I, <laughs> well, all right. So we do have a tie. Okay. Well, that's cool. And, and you know, here's the thing: they're both fantastic artists, and Esad Ribi, Esad, Esad, whatever you want to say. And they could not be more different.
2: Yeah. I mean, they are. They, they are. They are. Are both at, at different ends of the spectrum,
1: but both wildly talented. Agreed. All right, so our next I'm very curious about our choices for the next one. So our next is our favorite event or crossover. And, you know, nowadays in comic books, especially with Marvel, everything is an event or crossover. So it's really just like a dealer's choice. You could just, like, close your eyes and pick one. Um, Because it seems like there's a crossover event every month, whether it's 2099 or Annihilation Scourge or Absolute Carnage or House of X or Powers of X or, you um, you know, with DC Comics, we had Doomsday Clock. So, Wayne, why don't you kick us off with your favorite event or crossover of 2019? Okay. Well,
0: you guys know I hated the X-Men stuff, so it obviously isn't going to be that. And I can't give it to Doomsday Clock because despite nailing the ending, Doomsday Clock was really hit or miss for me. I hated some of those issues. And some of those weren't even this year because it took three years to get out. Uh, So I'm going to go with the crossover that I had the most fun reading, and that was Absolute Carnage. Tim?
3: You know, I... I, I, I wish I could co-sign what Wayne said, because I, I, I really did enjoy Absolute Carnage, and I, I did enjoy some of, the, uh, some of the crossover books, and the, especially the Venom wrap-up story. But there's just something... I feel like we're not going to talk about Absolute Carnage in two years, but I feel like it's, there's a good chance that Doomsday Clock is going to stand the test of time. And while I get that sometimes uh, a story will lose itself in the middle somewhere, where you're trying to stretch out a, a story from, you know, maybe eight issues to twelve issues, just the way the way it ended, and the way it harmonized with the the previous book that's what thirty years old, I it it it, it 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 hit a home run at the end. And honestly, when you're writing these, it's the ending that that worries us it's the ending that just falls flat most of the time so i can for i can forgive a comic taking a, a long time and it, it took a long time if well, it, I, if it if it does that for me
0: and i think one of the big differences between me and the rest of you is i actively hated about 50 percent of uh, doomsday clock yeah. And it, I remember really disliking A lot of those issues And it wasn't just that I disliked them I actively hated them But then it would have an amazing issue You know, after that It was a really, for me, an inconsistent series That you guys didn't didn't have that problem as
1: much
3: So yeah, my pick was Doomsday Clock this
1: year I'm going to agree with Tim um, And I, I will say my second choice Was going to be House of X, Powers of X Because um, I, I thought that was pretty great throughout. Um, Mm -hmm. And and I will tell you, it probably would have won if it led to something that I enjoyed. And I think that's the problem
2: with House of X and Powers of X, because I agree, I I think the book was executed really well, but the fact that it is designed to set up this other thing and then the other thing went wildly off the rails, two issues in. off
1: the bat, yeah, exactly, like immediately. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah. So that's the reason why I I didn't select it either, but ball, go ahead. Tell us, tell us why your choice is doomsday
1: clock. You know, I didn't, I now arguably, yes. Doomsday clock um, had a bit of drag, at least in the first half. Um, You know, I I think part of that was definitely Jeff Johns and I'm not making excuses for it, but it felt like Jeff Johns was trying to figure out the story, right? He was trying to figure out how to make it all work. um, And, and, and I, you know, the DC universe obviously is in a very weird place right now because Alfred's alive in Doomsday Clock, which is supposedly set in the future, <laughs> um, you know, shit like that. So, you know, it's it's problematic for the DC universe, but I got to tell t- t- tell you, given how much I dislike of the current state of the DC universe and how much I yeah. liked about the state of the DC universe and the Doomsday Clock, um, I'm okay with that because I, I, I would say arguably the second half of Doomsday Clock was... The was the stronger half, maybe not arguably, because it that it, when when once after that halfway point hit um and and Superman came into the book, that's when the book really started to sing for me and was consistently good, consistently moving forward um and the ending to to Tim's point, you never stick the ending uh, in comics nowadays, and this one stuck the ending for me. It stuck the ending stronger than it stuck the beginning, um and it, you know, and so. It made it all worth it. And so for me, Doomsday Clock was the winner.
3: gonna say, Let's just add there's a degree of difficulty on this event that n- almost no one would have. You're, you're following up uh, an iconic comic book story three days later. Right. And trying to make it make sense in the here and now.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Doomsday Clock is, is a, a really strong choice, and and I have no arguments with with your choice there. However, it is not mine. Uh, my choice is uh, is a, a an event or a crossover that did all the things that you just mentioned, Paul. It uh, you know it stuck the landing. It uh, you know told an interesting story. Um, the only the only uh, difference that I can state between Doomsday Clock and my choice is that mine came out on time. Um, and I, I don't 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 get me wrong. I'm not minimizing Doomsday Clock because Doomsday Clock tells a much bigger story. But uh, my choice is Annihilation Scourge. Uh, I thought that I loved might be your choice. Almost, yeah, I loved almost everything about Annihilation Scourge. The only thing I didn't like about it was that horrible, terrible Beta Ray Bill comic uh which is a is a war crime a hate crime uh that uh, they didn't get that book right but the uh, the other stories were fantastic i mean i love i love 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 the uh johnny storm as general in the uh, negative zone i would pay good money to read a secret tales of the negative zone that tells us about the, the that period of time where johnny storm was the general of those armies uh, you know, after he got killed off in, in the Jonathan Hickman stories, um, I I thoroughly enjoyed that. It was a again, a huge uh, scratch of nostalgia because, you know, I love those original Annihilation books um, featured one of my favorite characters, uh, Richard Ryder and treated him right. Um, you know, brings back uh, all the good characters from the Annihilation run, with the exception of Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, I, we get to see that really super cool Silver Surfer from the uh, uh, the Su- Silver Surfer Black uh, book that came out that I couldn't stand, but man, beautiful design on that character and handled beautifully in the book. I I loved this book, and it came out over the over the course of two months. Dropped all those books over the course of two months. I mean, and came, again, felt like it came out of nowhere. Um, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And that's my choice. But I, I applaud and recognize and admire your choice of Doomsday Clock.
1: So none uh, of us voted for 2099? Like... No, no, no? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> 2099 came out on time. What about, about War of about the Realms? No, nobody went for War of the Realms? <laughs> I would like Ooh.
3: to point out that only Aaron Head can use the phrase war crime in talking about his favorite event. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, our top two categories, and I will say, probably the most difficult categories for me this year um, coming up. Yeah. Uh, favorite I didn't have any new... With new series. Really? I didn't have any
2: problem with this at all.
1: I didn't have a problem with this at all either. Yeah. All right. Well, what was your favorite new series, Aaron? Why don't you kick us off? I'm... Undiscovered Country by
2: Scott Snyder and uh, Charles Sewell, for all the reasons that we've talked about previously. It's a it's a tremendous effort in world building, convincing based on uh, things that are that are rather plausible, given our current state of science, technology and uh, politics. Uh, I, I think that it is a timely book. Uh, certainly we're just two issues in, but I figure in favorite new series, I can go with something that's only two issues in, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, am really enjoying it. It is. And, you know, to talk about how I've, I've chosen some of my other books, where does it stack up when I get my new comics and I'm reading it right out of the gate? It's not anything that waits to the bottom of my pool given it's only been, I only got two issues so far, so we'll see how we fare come issue six. But I'm really enjoying the promise of this book, and I'm really enjoying the conversation that Charles Sewell and Scott Snyder are having with the fans at the back of the book, talking about how they've created this universe. It feels very much to me like there'll be a role-playing setting book uh, coming out for this, because that's that's how um, intricate the world-building seems.
0: So I really struggled with this category from the standpoint of I was trying to think of what is a – ongoing what is a new series that's ongoing and i really struggled even coming up with uh with answers but as i did and then looked through the books you know one of them jumped out at me for your reasoning aaron i couldn't go with undiscovered country because i haven't read the second issue yet it's sit there waiting and i didn't like the first as much as you did and there's only two issues in i could not give it to a book even for new series that only had two issues so i went with once in future
3: oh man i was hoping i could go before wayne because i think i could have talked him into this one
0: (laughs) (laughs) i it's same writer i have a feeling tim it is the same writer
3: um we have a we have a problem when it comes to this category of having a bias for the let's call them the spring babies The, the the comics that come out that we see six seven issues of Um, so the one I'm going to pick the first issue came out in December, 2018. Uh, but I, I never listen to the rules anyway. So the hell with it. I'm picking from Disqualified Tim. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) There's not going to be a winner anyways. I don't think I'm going to pick die from Kieran Gillen. Um, I love the Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's court kind of stories. Um, and this is a, group of people in a in a tragic situation of of losing years of their lives in a in in a fantasy world escaping but losing so much of themselves in that time and having to go back and it is they they tell story beats in the first five issues that i thought would have taken two years to get to had it been a, a a dc marvel book with the more decompressed storytelling so um there's a lot of pain and tragedy in these characters the motivations kind of differ between the 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 five of them um about what they should be doing and everybody is pitch perfect when it comes to their reasoning so for me it was it was die
1: so i think we're actually gonna have a winner in this category Um, now I will tell you my top two choices to choose from were Undiscovered Country and Once in Future, and not to bury the lead, so I'm just going to go ahead and say I chose Once in Future, uh, Once in Future, just because it has double the amount of issues as Undiscovered Country, um, in, in the context of 2019. That being said, the back matter of, I, I don't know that I had a... One of the most enjoyable comic reading experiences I had in 2019 was reading the back matter of Undiscovered Country Number One, and I know that feels weird yeah, to say think because the that's. Back... Go ahead.
0: I I think the back matter was better than the actual book in that book. I don't. I enjoyed the back that much.
1: And I don't get wrong. I love the book. The back matter of that book, I I mean, I I adored. I could have, you know, like <laughs> I I genuinely loved the back matter. Not just you know how they came up with the book, but also how they came up with the cover, how they came up with the logo. I loved all that shit. Um, And again, arguably more enjoyable than the the main content of the book, which I did also like. Um, So that was why, you know, it it was in my top two choices. But I went with Once in Future, even though I find Undiscovered Country is a better written book, um, just because Once in Future has had more issues and is consistently good throughout all four of the issues that have been released. I almost went with Conan because Conan issue one came out on January 2nd, 2019. The problem with Conan for me is that Marvel fucked it up. Um, Marvel fucked it up by spreading Conan too thin all over the place to the point where I didn't even want to (laughs) read the Conan book that I was enjoying.
2: I am so far behind on Conan. I finally got to the point where I'm like, you know
1: what? I'll wait for a sale. Yeah, because Conan, you know. issue, issue 12 is Jason Aaron's last on Conan, and I will read all 12 issues, I'll wait till they're on a sale, yep. but I stopped at issue 5, because then they released Savage Sword of Conan, and then they released Savage Avengers, and then Conan was in Avengers No Road Home, and I'm like, yeah. I don't need five well, fucking Conan books. <laughs> and the adjacent
2: books, the Belit book, you oh, know, yeah. which is you know Conan's girlfriend, which I, I bought the first two issues of, liked them a lot, but I was, same thing, I'll wait for a sale. Yeah. You know, because it just got to be too much fucking Conan. And I, you know, don't get me wrong, I I, I have enjoyed the other appearances of Conan, um, but it just got to be too much to read. Yeah, and you know, it, yeah, I I did kind of like Conan twenty ninety nine. Yeah, that but every single one of them of is five
1: dollars too on top of it. <laughs> yeah, you know? you're right.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, it just like you said, it's it's just it's, it's too much of the marmalade spread on across the, all the biscuits. Yeah. Too much too so fast. I,
1: yeah. Uh, so that, yeah. Uh, that would have gotten it because goddamn do I love that Conan book, but I, I yeah. legitimately stopped reading it because Marvel killed it for me. And now, like Aaron yep. said, I will revisit it. I'll read all 12 issues of Jason Aaron's run as soon as they go on a sale. No mm-hmm. doubt. Um, yep. And I, and I will probably love it and we'll have this conversation next year. Um, but I just, I, I couldn't give it because it, it, it's, it was it, my, my joy for it died. Whereas it's still there for once in future. Yep. So now I think Wayne, you, you mentioned you had an issue with our, our top category, a 2019, the favorite ongoing series. Um. Now I'll let you go first, but I will say my struggle with this one is in looking at my books in 2019, I am reading so few ongoing series anymore on a consistent basis. And I mentioned this at the beginning of the show, um I, I I I think my choice just won by default but why don't you go ahead and start us off Wayne yeah
0: no I struggled with both of these last two and part of it was yeah I looked at my books I'm reading that I really enjoy and I look forward to and read first every time and I was trying to figure out how many of these are mini series versus regular series and I don't really know because I don't know what, I don't know what the plan is for once in future. Is it an ongoing or is it a mini? I don't know.
1: It's an ongoing. Uh, Okay.
0: And same thing with die. I don't know if there's a ending plan for it or not. Uh, And then I looked at the ongoings I've been reading and it's like amazing Spider-Man. I enjoy. There's a really solid story there. That's being buried by every one of these crossover events. And I have such crossover fatigue. I That I kind of ended up going with default and hoping that Once in Future was an ongoing because that's what I went with. Both as my new series and my ongoing because I've basically stopped most of the ongoings I'm reading.
1: Okay. so <laughs> I feel like we're going to have some interesting choices here. Um, Aaron?
2: My, uh, my choice for ongoing series is a book we never talk about on this podcast um i i thoroughly enjoy it uh it is uh it is a terrific examination of uh of, of the characters it is star Trek five it is i d w publishing's examine examination of captain kirk's fifth year in his five year mission in his first five year mission it uh, Brings together a number of story threads uh, from the original series in those first three seasons, and uh, applies a larger, deeper plot to all of that. And I'm I'm really getting a kick out of it. Uh, Star Trek Year Five—that's my choice. Beautiful artwork, terrific storytelling. Comes out on time.
3: You know, I, I I I'm gonna say this. Uh, if if Paul's not getting written up for it, right talking about Ninja Turtles or fucking Power Rangers or whatever the bullshit <laughs> crossover thing he's talking about this week, I'm not getting rid up for this one. All right, just putting that out there. Uh, so much like Wayne, I look I looked and said, what book do I consistently get every every month? That's that's happened for over a year. Um, and this is one I've actually picked in, in this category before, and everybody was like, "What the hell are you talking about?" So I'm gonna do it again because honestly, it, like Aaron, it's the first book I read. You know, I it, that's a, that's a big test too. Is that when you get those five or six uh, physical copies, I'm gonna say that like everybody does that now. Um, <laughs> you sort them to the one that you want to read first. For me, it's Nights of the Dinner Table. Uh, it's a it's a it's a Creator Jolly Blackburn writes a story about these characters that sit around playing role-playing games. It, it's nothing special. It really, it really is. A, he'd, he'd be the first to tell you the art's nothing special. But these are characters I've read for 20 years. There, they, there's been character growth throughout the, throughout the run of this book. Um, calling it a comic book's kind of a misnomer because it's basically half gaming magazine too, but. Damn if it isn't the first comic I read So that's what I'm picking this
0: year So Tim I actually wanted to uh, Actually have something to say about it this year Because I had never read it before really I knew of it and I'd seen of course You know little strips here and there That people repost But I read the first two trades Which cover uh, They're basically thick magazines They're not really trades But they cover at least the first Six or so issues of it and I absolutely fell in love With the series It was so good And the characters I recognized, you know People in my life that I've gamed with That fall into each one of those characters And you feel for the GM Having to wrangle these players
3: Yep And it has, and uh, it's its the only comic book That a friend of the show Mikey Mason has uh, done a song for So there you go
1: all right. Well, I don't think we're going to have a clear-cut winner um, this year uh, on, on ongoing series. Now, I will say, I, if I had continued reading it, I think Detective Comics probably would have won this year. Because since Pete Tomasi took over the writing on that uh, in early 2019, the book has been consistently good. The problem with it is that I stopped reading it because Tom King's Batman book pissed me off so much. Um, that I just hopped out of both Batman books because I didn't like, you know, the the current state of the Bat-universe. So I hopped out of Detective Comics. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, back in August. So... You know, so I, I just I, I'm just amused. By, I'm just amused by.
2: Well, if I would kept reading it,
1: it probably I would. it probably it, would have it, won. It, would have it was good. It, <laughs> and if I had read the last five issues, it probably would have won. Um, but I yeah. would say, it, the, the, like I said, the, the, the choice that I went with um, won by default and it won by default because it's the only book, the only ongoing series that I picked up every single issue this year. Um, and that's Justice League. Now, don't get me wrong. it's not like every issue has has sung. It's not like every you know every aspect of the story I adore. It's not like I love it and it's not even my favorite thing that I've read this year. but I will say I have enjoyed um the story you arcs know, I, I don't think the I don't think the measure for your book of the year can be I bought all the issues. <laughs> well, it's as an ongoing <laughs> series, right? I mean if for it to be ongoing, I need to continue reading it. Uh, No, I will say, I I I have enjoyed Justice League. And Justice League has had some wonderful Uh, moments. And I've loved the last two story arcs, um, you know, traveling through the... Actually, I would say the last three story arcs. Traveling through the multiverse. um, Also, the the meeting of the the alternative universe, Justice League, that was kind of a little bit evil. And now the current story arc, um, you know, which is the Justice Do More. I have enjoyed the last, you know, number of story arcs pretty consistently i know you, aaron you know there have been some issues that haven't been as stellar but i, I think the last three story arcs I, I have genuinely enjoyed um and that's starting with issue 20 which you know came out i'm, I'm trying to find it uh you know uh, uh, uh so it's in march so for nine months i have consistently enjoyed justice league um, so I so my choice is Justice League by Scott Snyder and um, for the most part Jorge Jimenez, uh, but also co-written by James the IV. Five books
3: think... awards <laughs> show title. I bought all the books.
1: I bought all the books. <laughs>
3: that that will be
2: the, uh, the 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 blurb that they put on the trade paper. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I bought every issue this year. <laughs> um, but I will say all you know. Right, well... Go ahead. go ahead no you go i was gonna say kieran gillen had a good year um you know for a guy who, who you know we we enjoyed a lot of his work when he was on the big two but he had a, a bigger year this year doing a lot of uh, great independent work
2: and i am ready for him to finish up uber
1: he uh he's waiting
2: to do his uh, last installment on that and I'm, I'm i'm eagerly waiting every week i look to see did it come out this week did it come out this week
1: well, I might pick up the last issue or the you know, a, tr- a trade paperback of Die next time it goes on sale. I read the first issue, didn't love it, um, but you know we've got two recommendations on this show, so I, I might uh, check out that that initial trade paperback. Yeah, I, I've never read an issue of it.
2: I, I will check it out given the uh, strong recommendations from Tim and Wayne. Well, actually, I'm
1: going to say just because it's it, you know for those who are listening this weekend, it might still be on sale. The first trade paperback of Die, which collects issues one through five, is five ninety nine right now on Comixology. So we'll there over. you go. I'm buying we'll it. We'll head over and pick that up.
2: Very good. Well, uh, I think that you have to discount uh, Paul's recommendation <laughs> because uh, Apex Lex is featured heavily in those Justice League books, and Apex Lex is just awful. But uh, <laughs> other than that, this has been a fantastic funny awards show uh considering I, I, it's been I, a tough I, year <laughs> <laughs> it was a tough year i do think that the overall uh no, certainly not in the books that we that we have uh, awarded this year but overall i don't think that this was a great year for comics
0: um yeah i found when i was looking through my covers i didn't buy as many books this year as i have in previous years
2: yeah well, I, think I didn't should... buy as many new issues this year. I noticed when I was looking through my covers because I sort by the uh, part uh, date purchased. Mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I noticed that I bought a whole lot of back issues from previous years,
1: which goes to show you that you know that you're trying to here you're revisiting older stuff versus the new stuff. Yeah. Um, maybe, in our next show uh we'll, we'll talk you know because we didn't really talk about it beforehand, so none of us are really prepared for this conversation uh, we'll talk about what we 're looking forward to most in twenty twenty we 've got a number of movies t v shows, and um, already announced books and events that we can we can talk about
2: yeah, the birth of a new streaming service we 're all very excited
1: oh yes <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, thanks, everybody. Uh, We'd love to know what you thought of uh, our selections. And hey, maybe we missed something that you wanted us to talk about. Give us a call at 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you'll win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise.
1: You can especially also... if it mentions something from the
3: 1990s that Paul's love still. Oh, yes, especially <laughs> that.
1: Um, you can also give us uh, your feedback and your thoughts on your favorite books of the year uh, um, on social media IOMGeek on Facebook and Instagram, at Ideology Madness on Twitter.
2: All right, guys. Well, we will see you next week when Tim and I are going to talk about Thor number one. Yep. Woohoo! All right, guys. Have a good one. Bye, everybody.